My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 8th of June. I'm Zara. I'm Tom. Good evening. Nearly three million workers are set to benefit from a historic pay decision. You might have heard the news recently that minimum wages are set to rise. The biggest increase in the minimum wage ever. The minimum wage rising seems like a simple idea, but did you know that there isn't one minimum wage, but hundreds? In today's deep dive, Tom is going to explain to both me and you how the minimum wage works and how the increase might impact you. But first, let's do the headlines. Economic activity in Australia grew by 0.2% in the first three months of 2023. That's the lowest result since the Delta lockdowns in the second half of 2021. When you measure it per person, it went backwards by 0.2%, raising fears of a recession. Fraser Island on Queensland's south coast will officially become known as Gary the name used by traditional owners. Gary is the world's largest sand island and is World Heritage listed. More than 19 hectares of land has also been returned to traditional owners. The United Nations has warned of grave and far-reaching consequences following the collapse of a dam wall on the Dnipro River. Russia and Ukraine have both blamed each other for the collapse, which forced thousands in southern Ukraine to flee amid flooding concerns and concerns for the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. And the good news, Ange Postacoglu will become the first Australian to coach in the English Premier League. The Melbourneian signed a four-year contract to become the coach of Tottenham Hotspur, a soccer team based in London. Hello, Zara. Tom, pleasure to be in the same room as you for once. Yeah, every time we do this intro, we have to do it several times. It's always incredibly awkward, so I'm glad we've made it through. Can't say hello naturally to each other when we're recording, but it, it is. It's nice to see you, and I'm here today to talk to you about wages, mm-hmm. um, which I know you're very excited about. Thrilled. So to set the scene a bit, last week there was this headline: the minimum wage has increased, and uh, we wrote about it for TDA. It's a pretty simple story. You get your headline number five point seven five percent. You put in the you know when it takes effect, July one. You know, we noted that it wasn't as much as what the unions wanted. It was more than what the business groups wanted when we post it. And, you know, I think people move on pretty quickly from the headline itself. But when it comes to the issue of wages more broadly, we know it's something obviously that our audience cares about um, and that in in the context of a cost of living crisis, wages are such an important issue that we're very focused on. But I guess I've been reflecting on the fact that we don't often delve into the weeds of, well, how do wages work? And so that's kind of what I want to do today. I know that this is a genuine interest of yours because I've been sitting across from you all week while you've gone, huh, <laughs> I've been learning a lot. Yeah, it's been nice to to watch you go through those realisations. But we need to just take a step back first. So can you just explain to everyone how wages actually work here in Australia? Yeah, so to start with, we've got really two systems for determining wages the award system and the agreement system. Mm -hmm. So the award system 
is a system of minimum wages, really. So here's the first interesting fact. We talk about the minimum wage increasing, but Australia actually doesn't have just one minimum wage. We have hundreds for different types of work, and that's the award system. Now, historically, that was pretty much the whole system. So you go back kind of almost 100 years ago, and pretty much everybody's wages were determined by by a government tribunal that mm-hmm. would set out the, the minimum paying conditions. Is that not the case today? Not the case today. So so today it's about one in five workers who are still covered by an award. So that's a lot. That's millions of people. Um, but four in five workers are covered by, uh, I guess, a newer system, the agreements system. And agreements, as the name suggests, are agreed between an employer and employees. And so you can do that as an individual. I'm pretty sure I'm on an individual agreement mm-hmm. with you, Zara, you as my are. employer. <laughs> or you can do it as a collective where, you know, all the employees together kind of negotiate with their employer over, over paying conditions. And there are, there are rules and there's a role for government. There's a lot more to say about the details of each of these two systems. But, but for now, I think it's important to focus on, on these two buckets, one in five people covered by awards, four in five people covered by agreements, and which bucket you're in, as we're going to see, makes a really significant difference to your wage. Okay, so let's start with awards before we go on to agreements. Talk me through them. So the award system, as I have suggested, is wages, minimum wages for different types of work set by the government, not politicians, but an independent government body, the Fair Work Commission. And there are all sorts of different types of people who are covered by the award system, but the big three groups today that are still covered by awards are retail, hospitality, and a lot of care jobs, basically. So three really important sectors where a lot of people, I suspect a lot of people in the audience will be yeah, covered a lot of young people. by an award, absolutely. Um, a lot of young people, a lot of women covered by the award system. And... Uh, the Fair Work Commission meets once a year to update all of these wages at once. And, and I think it's important to say here, you know, I'm, I'm saying the word minimum, um, but it's not just kind of about a bare minimum. The awards actually go into a lot of detail and they set out a, a minimum or a, basically a standard rate of pay for all sorts of different levels of work. Um, the award will also specify what you get paid if you do overtime. Um, if you do, you know, weekend work, if you're on call, all, all these details are included in the awards so that, you know, they are quite detailed. Um, if you take fast food workers, for example, they get a little bit of extra pay to reflect uniform cleaning costs. Um, they get extra pay if they have to work in a freezer for extended periods of time. There are all sorts of, again, you know, level, levels of detail that, that, that set out um, how people who are covered by awards get paid. Um, and then when the Fair Work Commission meets, once a year and it decides on its increase, that applies across the board. So this 5.75% pay rise that the Fair Work Commission decided on last week, that applies not just to people on kind of, you know, the absolute lowest wage in the country, it applies to anyone who is covered by an award, they will get that 5.75%. And so, you know, again, I I guess that makes that decision a, a really significant one. Okay, so let's put aside awards for a second. The other bucket there was agreements. What do we need to know about them? So agreements are basically negotiations between employers and employees. It's a system that we've started shifting towards in the last 20 or 30 years. Um, And the rationale is it's supposed to be, I, I guess it's, you know, 
less involvement by government and a little bit more specific to the unique needs of a particular company, a particular line of work, a particular group of employees. Um, and, you know, agreements can be individualised, I suppose, in that way. Um, but it's not a free-for-all. So agreements are governed by a pretty strict set of rules. And the Fair Work Commission, um, you know, it sets awards, but it has a big role to play in agreements as well. The Fair Work Commission in this case is basically the umpire for enforcing all of those rules. And if an employer and employees can't agree, the Fair Work Commission can kind of step in and make a determination. So it's quite a complex thing to work out. Um, And the rules themselves are, I think it's fair to say, really controversial. It's a really hot-button political debate between unions and businesses and between the Labor and Liberal parties um, as to exactly what these rules should be. And so you've mentioned there that most employees are governed by agreements, not awards today. Does that mean that one's better than the other? Well, I think certainly the system is set up to encourage agreements and certainly people who are on agreements, well, they get paid a lot more. That's probably the, the, the first place to start. So when we look at um, kind of the average wage for someone on an award versus the average wage for someone covered by an agreement, it's a huge difference. So the average for an award is uh, before tax, I think $849 a week. Um, but for people who are on agreements, it's more like 1500 So we're talking about you know, almost twice as much that people on agreements get paid. There are a few reasons for that. I guess we go back to you know what I identified before that it's hospitality, it's retail um, that make up a lot of, of the awards. You know, these tend to be entry-level jobs, often helped by young people. But also in part, it is because you know, the agreement system is generally designed to be able to facilitate higher wages. So one of the reasons for that is that one of the rules that any agreement has to follow is it has to pass something called the better off overall test, which is a test that basically says the agreement has to be better for every employee than the relevant award would be. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the restaurant business and you're trying to negotiate your own agreement, you have to make sure basically that every one of your employees gets more under your agreement than they would if they were on the award. So that, I guess, kind of bakes in this idea that people on agreements should, should essentially get paid more. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think given the choice, you would probably want to be on an agreement. But is it a choice? Award. But no, it's not, yeah. exactly. And and it remains the case that millions of people are relying on the awards. And I think that that's just a really interesting thing to note, that like, you know, in both of these contexts, the government really matters. But I think people probably wouldn't necessarily appreciate that Almost 3 million of predominantly low-paid workers essentially have their wages set by a government body. Like I think that's something when we talk about wages and why wages aren't going up, it is kind of interesting to note what a significant role the government you know, plays and not just plays but plays for some of the people who will often struggle the most with their cost of living. And, I mean, to go back to the government's announcement that they made recently about these pay rises, what do we expect the impact of these rises to be on people's lives? Yeah, really significant. And I think we we should probably, to be honest, be pay, paying a lot more attention. I should probably be paying a lot more attention to the Fair Work Commission, um, I, I think, than, than we all do. You know, we, we talk a lot about the Reserve Bank mm. in the context of cost of living. I, I can't count the number of times I must have been on the podcast Many. talking about the Reserve <laughs> Bank and the interest rates, and they did that again this week. And, and you know, that gets rightly a lot of attention. Um, but this decision by 
by a sort of a similar government body, you could argue has just as significant an impact on the cost of living crisis, on people's standard of living. Um, the Fair Work Commission is enormously important both for rewards and agreements. Um, and its decisions really matter. You know, we talk a lot about wage theft, people being underpaid. We talk a lot about contract workers and, you know, people in insecure work. All of these issues about the workforce and the amount that people get paid and how that factors into their cost of living, I think you can understand them a lot better with a little bit more of this understanding of rewards and agreements and I guess how the sausage is made. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, but until then, have a brilliant day.